Hi everyone, I am Karina Gantis, your host for Behind the Pen. Um, I am an entrepreneur, podcaster, YouTuber, and an author of 14 books. Today I have a special guest. Now, with Behind the Pen, you've seen a lot of um, chats with authors, um, but basically it's anyone who holds a pen, musicians, screenwriters, <clears throat> excuse me I'm losing my voice oh. and uh, today I'm speaking to my first editor so welcome to the show uh, Melanie Darrow. Thank you thank you for allowing me to come on the show. It's wonderful to have you here. Now um, as I said uh, earlier anyone who holds a pen is, um, is a guest the perfect guest for me. As an editor you don't actually hold a pen your pen is the red ink on a computer. So, yeah, it definitely can be. Yeah, um, there are times though when I um, I do hold a pen in terms of like creating advertisements and things like that. But as in terms of like uh, fictional novels, um, it's basically uh, me analyzing other people's work and making their work look stellar. And I know that because uh, I've. Uh, used you as my editor for many, many times, and my clients, you're my ed editor for many of my clients as well. So I know your work is absolutely amazing, you're brilliant, you just uh, don't um, miss anything, um, and your, your suggestions are wonderful. But it's um, for an author, when they get their work back from an editor, the second draft, and then they see all these, <laughs> All these red lines and cross outs and comments on the corner. It's really scary. It's really scary to start work on it because you know there's you of course you know it's not perfect when you when you give it to an editor, but um you you you've done your own uh, editing, you've done your own spell check, you've gone through Grammarly, and then you get it back and you're like, Oh, I must have missed a bit. <laughs> when you see all oh. these uh, corrections but uh, yeah it's quite scary for an author to actually click on that file and and start reading and start writing and and go through all these um, suggestions and changes and edits and but as as you start that's the scary part starting but as you start going through um, you can just um, accept, accept for anything to do with grammar or punctuation. It's obvious that you've got that more than myself or, or another author, if there's a problem there. When it comes to suggestions, and you look at it and you think, well, that could work. Actually, that, that really could work. And, and then you have to write a whole new scene because of this, uh, this uh, suggestion or comment or inconsistency. I mean, how many times I was reading through my edit, I'm doing the first edit of um, my draft of um, Broken Chains, which you will be getting once I've done the first draft. And I'm editing it and I'm thinking, this girl's just had her fingernails ripped off, tortured by mafia. And she's sitting there eating pastries and drinking coffee. And I'm like, no, no, that, no, that doesn't sound quite right. And then there's another part where she, she's, 
she wakes up and she sees an IV in her hand. And I'm like, no. After a while, I was like, no, hands are covered in stumps, basically. She cannot use her hands at all. So the IV would have to be in the arm. She'd have to have somebody feeding her breakfast. But when I wrote it, it sounded fine to me. But until I read it back and I was like, oh, no, you can't do that. And I had to go back like three or four pages and change things because she had stumps on her hands and couldn't do all the things I said she could do. And how many times do you come across inconsistencies like that? And how do they jump out at you? Because as an author, we don't see them. Right. Well, usually I have a little piece of paper next to me where I write notes on each chapter and then I'll go back to it. And if something doesn't seem quite right, I look back at the earlier chapter. It's a longer piece and I'll, and, uh, I'll just cross check it and make sure, oh, did this happen? Because I, I, I really didn't remember that happening in chapter one. So I'll just head back in there and just make sure that it did. Sometimes, even with my own writing, um, you know, you know what you want to say and you have a plan and it, it really does. It sounds great to you. And then, you know, you're writing so fast. And then, you know, even when you read it, you're like, okay, I covered that. Your brain just kind of assumes, you know, and, and sometimes you just need another set of eyes to say, oh, I went a little fast and I just, you know, skipped over that, that part I had planned, you know, so yeah. that's where an editor comes in and, and uh, we're really just one step of the process. Like, you know, there's, there's a, a lot of different people that are involved with that creation, with, with um, creating a novel. You know, there's your beta readers, they're gonna catch some things that perhaps even I don't, you know, maybe see. Um, there's, there's me, sometimes there's a proofreader who kind of goes after me and, and if I'm doing just an, an edit, a developmental edit or something, they catch things. So there's just so many eyes on a, on a piece of um, writing. And I think the more eyes, the better, because everyone kind of has their own preconceived notions in their mind. And so it just helps to have multiple sets of people. But, yeah, in, in terms of catching details, I definitely just back and check my notes and make sure that something happened in that earlier part if you're referencing it i think you would have caught the stumped hands i think that would have that would have caught your eye especially when you meant she mentions about the ivy and she mentions about sitting there and eating these drinking strong coffee and eating these pasties and then it says about the maid taking her for a bath and the maid covering her stumped hands with plastic so she doesn't get them wet and I'm like ah she's got stumped hands and that made me click and think well she couldn't have done all that other things so um yeah it's uh I kicked myself it was so stupid such a stupid mistake but I found it which I was quite happy about so <laughs> you won't see that unless I've done anything else wrong compared to that but um yeah I mean there are so many uh, you start off as an author, you do your first draft, which as you, I think you might know that I put it onto Wattpad on Inkit for the public to read before it was even ready. I was writing each chapter on Wattpad for people to have a look at. It's the first time I've opened myself up to the public like that. And uh, it was um, interesting. The whole first draft is on Wattpad and it will stay on Wattpad. And anyone wants to go over and read it, they can. It's an 18, lots of violence, sexual violence, lots of torture, just so everyone knows, but it's a really cool read. 
if you like that kind of thing. And um, so the second draft I printed out. So I've got it in my hands printed now. When I do the editing myself, I'd rather do it like that than on the computer because first of all, I can take it away somewhere. Of course, we can't. I'm in lockdown now, so I can't go out anywhere. But if I, if it weren't, I'd go to a coffee shop and I'd take it with me, listen to some music, do some editing there. Um, and basically now the weekends, I just sit here and, and go through as many chapters as I can during that time. Um, but when you've got it typed out and it's basically looking like a book, it, I find that a lot easier for finding and catching things and add in uh, another dialogue or add in another sentence to make it sound more um, tight and, and changing things that way on, on the actual official manuscript than I do on the computer. And of course, once the first draft is edited, then I'll go on the computer, do my bits, change what I need to do, make sure everything looks good, and then it goes to you, my editor. Now, what's for people that are listening for authors it readers even because it's good for them to know the process they go out and buy a 99 cents book and they have no idea the work that goes into that book um we sell our work that cheap because people won't buy anything more expensive at the moment it's it's uh, it's catch 22 but um, so for, for those that are watching the episode now um, that are readers, this might be really interesting for you that um, there are different types of editing to go through. And I mean, some manuscripts don't need what you call de development editing because they've been writing for so long, they, they basically know what they're doing and they just uh, need a, a line editor or um, what's the other word? What's the other? There's development editing, there's line editing. What's the other one? Proofreading, right after that. Proofreading, no. Typically, typically, you'll do a developmental edit first just to make sure that your pace is, is good on your, your novel. And, and there's a couple reasons why, as an, an author, you probably would like to take advantage of a developmental edit, it, it can be costly. But nowadays with the uh, e-book market, um, a lot of authors are going on to Kindle Unlimited, which is run through Amazon. And with Amazon, and they are interesting to work with for any author, as, as you know, um, but with their platform, they can tell when a reader stops at a certain page. So what they do is even though you buy this book, you download it, it goes to your Kindle. They're constantly getting feedback on your novel. So let's say um, all of your readers stop at page 13. They are bored. They do not want to go on anymore. As we know, Karina, that would not happen to you because your novels are never boring. But let's just say this novel is, right? They're going to take that and they're not going to pay you for anything after a certain page. Or they're not going to like recommend you so much. They've got these, these, these protocols in place. Um, for uh, readers. So it helps to have a developmental edit of your novels just even for a, a business standpoint if you want to make uh, so much money on your novel. Um, so Can you explain what a development edit is? What do you actually look for? What do you do? 
But for a developmental edit, we, we basically um, dissect the entire novel if it's finished. Sometimes we get them and they're not totally finished. Um, basically look at the, the beginning, the middle, and the end as you would a short story per se. Um, we make sure that, you know, you didn't start out with something cliche that, you know, the readers are probably going to be turned off by, like, uh, I woke up in a dream and um, it was this. You know, we want that in that interesting beginning for your readers. And we want to make sure that your characters are being developed. So, you know, that you haven't introduced Sally in the first chapter and then we never hear about Sally again for the next, you know, 15 chapters. And then all of a sudden at the end, she appears out of nowhere and saves the day. And it worked, you know, as a reader, we're kind of like, well, that's probably not probable because, you know, as a reader, you have that willing suspension of disbelief with fiction. I mean, you, you, you will yourself to believe what the author is writing. And if you can't will yourself to believe it, and you stop reading. And so that's part of my job is to make sure that your reader will always keep that willing suspension of disbelief. Like they'll always want to believe what you're writing, even though it's fictional. So that's kind of my job. It's, it's, as, a, as an author, we want our readers to be able to picture what's happening in that scene as a movie. And yeah, and yeah that, the movie. <laughs> that's, how, that's how we write it. But I think an editor is the one that tightens it up and makes sure that it does read like a movie, that, that you can, there's enough description, there's enough um, a dialogue, there's enough going on in that scene for it to become real. The senses, making sure you use the senses in every new scene you know, it just adds to that realism for the reader. And I think a, a development editor is the one that, um, if the author misses out what's needed, you find that and you suggest what needs changing. And of course, it's up to the author whether they listen to an editor or not. Um, my editor for Illusional Reality, she was my publisher as well. So I had no choice but to, to listen to everything she wanted. Um, but she was great to work with. But um, any suggestions you've given me, I've, I've gone with them. Um, and I think uh, with, with uh, Wesley as well, my client who's a science fiction author, he really appreciates uh, the trouble you take going through his books because an amazing imagination amazing world building i mean what do you think how much is too much where do you draw the line for creative writing that makes well, it, I, takes it the the reader out of the story stops the flow take a look at the author's style you get kind of a sense of uh how uh, an author's voice is as you're reading the, the work um, and then I take a look at each chapter and I, I basically look at percentages. How many, how much of this chapter is dialogue? How much of this chapter is description? And, you know, typically if you're taking, um, if you look at a chapter and the majority of it is description, if the majority of it is dialogue, you, you have to understand about halfway through that chapter, maybe 75% of the way through that chapter, your reader might get bored. So you want to mix it up a little. You want to have that even, um, even amount of dialogue versus um, um, description. Uh, 
obviously you don't want to tell your reader what to think you want them to create that movie in their head so in order to do that you kind of have to show them and that's through a variety of both description action and dialogue so you want to have that just that mixed balance and if you don't your editor should be flagging it and just tell you look this we need to add this here this is a little too drawn out you know add some add some action in here um, not necessarily telling you what to add, but just kind of how to spice it up a little bit. That's my Achilles heel. Um, and my editor of Illusion of Reality was the one who really drummed it into me. I'm a storyteller and I've had to learn how to be a story shower. Uh, and that was really hard for me. And I still, I mean, when you read um, the Broken Chains, you're going to find places where I've I've told rather than shown and I'm ready to be told where it is and to make the amendments. But I, I think a lot of authors have that problem with show and tell and readers are picking up on that and leaving reviews about it. Oh, there was too much telling in this uh, uh, story and uh, not enough showing. And what we mean by show and tell for those readers out there, they're not too sure is that we're telling you what you need to imagine but what we need to do is show you in description as melanie says in description as um dialogue in um what's going on around the environment whenever it allows you to then picture that scene in your mind so show don't tell is a killer's heel for many authors and i'm sure it's achilles heel for many editors because it must be a nightmare when you get a bad script and this author really doesn't know how to write i mean have you ever given up on somebody have you ever said i'm sorry this is so bad i can't do anything with it or have you charged them double because of the amount of time it's taken you to, to work with it i mean um, no, I, I've never really charged double. Uh, my view is that I'm going to give the reader or the writer feedback. So I'm going to flag these areas. And it's up to, because I don't own their works. This isn't something I created. So I, I, I've kept, I let them keep their ownership. So if I give a suggestion and they don't take that suggestion, then that's their right because they own the work. So uh, the only thing I can do is say, look, this needs to change. You really, really need to change this. And there's been times I've said that a few, you know, a few times, but you know, all in all, it's, it's not my, it's not my book. It's not my, my work. I didn't put the blood, sweat and tears into it. So if, if they want to go ahead and, you know, not take that suggestion, then that's their, their right too. So I just kind of look at it like that. Um, and you know, I'll, I'll repeat myself a few times if I have to, but ultimately it's out of my hands in terms of what they do. But there are there are instances where it is uh, a bit more time consuming than typical uh, in terms of trying to, um, at, at times sometimes it, maybe um, they're trying to write their novel in um, American English or, or um, British English or you know whatever and that's not their first language so trying to kind of clean that up and work with I know what they're trying to say but there's yeah. that language barrier sometimes in there yeah. that can be really difficult 
that could be time consuming yeah definitely but um because of the kindle i mean everyone's got a novel inside them i truly believe that but i also believe that half of them shouldn't be writing that novel <laughs> no the publishing industry has opened up wide wide open for everybody um you know and everyone's got an idea and everyone wants to uh, make their mark and, and, and be recognized and, and unfortunately, you know, you really have to uh, make sure your work is just as polished as if it was going to one of the big six publishers. If you're self-publishing, you want to make sure that it's, it's up to that standard so your readers will come back for more and that's how you get recognized. I mean, if they hit that first novel and there's errors and, and it's all over the place and it's not making sense to them, the likelihood they're going to come back for a second novel is is short and and really um in order to make your name in this industry you, you need like three books under your belt you really do need that one two three kind of a step so you want to make sure they're coming back for number two and number three you know everyone can publish a book if you want a, a foothold in the industry you should definitely be um publishing more than one and getting readers to come back to you so that's our editing is the key exactly well when you say polished i mean i say this as as author assists on my interviews and stuff when people ask me that you know what tips can you give to a a new author well it's simple you don't publish your book unless it's polished that means a fantastic cover great blurb proper professional editing proper formatting and make sure that you know what you're doing with your marketing and promotion if you don't know if you've got a book ready and it's published and you don't know how to sell that book or you don't hire someone to help you and teach you how to sell that book then it's just going to sit on the shelf um, and co get covered with dust um, but uh, I think you get one chance and if your book is not up to rate and the readers expect it to be perfect I mean, even in the big five you can still find uh, editing errors in their books i mean k rowling had some and and token certainly had a few um so, so it's always going to be missed but um i think as an independent author they're they're more how can i explain they're a lot more um, critique uh, to our work than they would be to a best-selling author's work they'd be reading it and they'd get into the story and they finish it and give it a five-star review they get an independent author's work and they're the critic and they expect it to be polished and perfect and if it isn't then of course you get crucified with the reviews but you get one chance and if your book isn't under par and you get those one star two star reviews amazon will see that they don't want a book like that on their shelves and they'll remove it i mean you can have readers actually contacting amazon and saying excuse me this book is not formatted correctly or excuse me this book has 10 pages it shouldn't be allowed to have been published and i've just paid 2.99 for it you know and the rest are all blank pages i'm being ripped off you know people are doing that and you know amazon are listening but um they're also taking 
unfortunately they're working the other way as well taking reviews off of indie authors for no apparent reason and not having to have a reason because we just use them as a bookshelf and we have no say in anything that amazon does to our books so um we have so many other places to sell books amazon has the marketplace but there are so many of the places to sell your books that you don't need to uh, to take any uh, shit from amazon and they are really pressing on indie authors which is such a shame so um let's um, go back to editing so you've done the development editing the manuscript's gone back they've made changes ignored some did others sending you now a clean um manuscript edited ready for you to do a line edit now what's a line edit and what are you looking for uh, so for a line edit i'm looking line by line as it says with your manuscript i'm searching um, to make sure that your characters names are consistent that you've spelled them correctly that the descriptions match throughout the novel that the names and places and those descriptions match throughout the novel that your grammar is on par um, I'm looking to make sure that your your, your paragraph structure is there, um, that any scenes haven't had something dropped off or somehow deleted. Uh, I'm basically polishing it and making sure that your reader doesn't read your manuscript and can't get through it because of various errors. So as you know, as a reader, if you're going line by line on a, on a novel and you get to a misspellings, your brain stops and then your reading level and your reading pace stops. Yeah. My job is to make sure that your reader's pace doesn't stop and that it keeps going throughout the entire book. So anything that would make a reader pause, you know, spelling, grammar, um, incorrect places, incorrect names or weird characters thrown at them, I'm, I'm just making sure that they can finish the novel and that their pace never slows. So that's what basically a line edit does. You must have a really good um, uh, memory to be able to read from like one page of what you've just read and then two pages on something's not sitting right because of what happened. We, Like I said, as, as authors, we pass that, we don't notice it. But you must have such a good eye and the memory and um, what's a photographic memory really to to be able to pick them up. Well, I've always loved reading. So for me, reading is has always been a part of my life from an early age. So I've learned book structure and world building and all of that through reading. Um, and and obviously, I'm I'm not a genius. So I have a piece of paper next to me where I write everything down. So if it's a major part, I'm I'm looking back again. You know, I I don't trust my brain fully you know so i just make sure that i'm recording things on a little piece of paper so that i am able to say oh right so back here we were introduced to sir rayleigh or something okay mm -hmm. whatever the and back then it was a male and all of a sudden now it's it's it's, it's princess so <laughs> there's a there's a disconnect you know so that's what i'm my job is it's great the like grammar is easy enough. so and you work with um, authors all over the world, or just uh, US and UK authors mostly? No, I've had authors from all over um, Canada. I've had authors from 
uh, Australia, I have Greece, obviously, um, the UK, um, Spain, um, let me see. And they speak the, the, like the Spanish author, they did their book in English. Right, yeah, and but I've had a couple that did it in their language. And it, and I, I obviously could, I mean, there were, they would, it was like a broken English. So there were parts that were in their language and parts that were in oh, English and it was my, broken that, that one was hard. So, oh, but, you're going to love broken chains. <laughs> I have. Yeah, I saw that on, yeah, yeah. which is fine. It's fine if you explain it. It's it's not so fine if sometimes you don't explain a word. And I'm like, well, I, I need I need to go back into you know the dictionary um, via Google and see what that translates to. Got, but other exactly, Google Translate. Oh, thank God. I mean, they. I had my um, Italian dialogue. Cause I've got three mafias: the Greek, Italian, and the um, uh, Russian. Now for the Greek, it's coming from me, it's coming from my daughters, and they're checking everything, and so that's okay. For the Italian, I had a guy that actually lived in Germany, but was Italian. He's done behind the pen with me. Um, so he's helped me with all the Italian, so the Italian is correct. As for the Russian, it's done with Google Translate. So if someone Russian reads it, they might see some, um, maybe mistakes in that but as far as the dictation goes the the english translation is underneath every dialogue of the language so that's all you need to be looking at when you uh <laughs> thankfully she says when you um <laughs> why did i do that oh dear it's something unique it's something different and it just gives me a bigger marketplace to market my books i can go to the Italians, the Russians, and the Greeks, and say, you know, have a look at this, see what you think. It's in English, but we have some uh, Greek dialogue in it. It just gives me a bigger marketplace. I hope it works. Anyway, I'm looking forward to you uh, reading that soon. Yeah, um, I'm looking forward to reading it. Good, good. Um, how many times would you normally go through? A manuscript with an author when they've sent it to you you've looked through the done development edit sent back I mean does that get done a couple of times before you even do a line edit does a line about edit three Sorry, yes there's about um so I would look at the book three times so for a developmental edit there's three times potentially that an author can take advantage of my services and then oh. for a line edit it's the same there's three times uh, some people just don't need it or don't want it. it yeah you know, they're they're good but others you know when there's extensive developmental edits it, it takes about three times to get that solidified so that's, that's a lot of a lot of time a lot of effort i mean how long would it take you to go through a development edit for say seventy thousand word manuscript um, it depends. I usually give myself about a week, um, just because I'm not apt to sit down and, and, well, I usually read it through first and I don't do anything with it and I just mull it over in my brain and then Can I come do back that, to it. Though? Don't, don't the mistakes jump out at you and while you're trying yeah. to just read it. Well, yeah, they do. And then, then when I go back through, I can flag and that's usually how I'll operate and it'll take me, you know, a few 
days to do that. So it looks like on paper, I didn't look at it because the comments, you know, will be all in one day. Typically, I have already gone through it and I've read it and I've already been doing the work and then I just go in and I go yeah. onto the computer, put the electronic comments and such on so I can alert the author to what needs to be fixed. How long does it normally take for you to get a, a clean manuscript back from the author after the first it edit? It depends. Some have taken upwards of a month or two. It depends on their timetable. Wow. I just, it really, it depends. Um, some, some really need some heavy developmental editing or some aren't finished. So I've gotten some that are about 75% done and they ask me, what do I do with this ending? And so no. I can give them some pointers as to what no. to do with the ending. And then they go back and they rewrite it. So it can take upwards of one to two months or longer. I, would, I don't think I could ever send you or any editor a piece that wasn't finished. I've had it. And, and it's mainly because they're stuck at the end and they don't really know how to tie it all together and they really want that extra set of eyes to give them some ideas you could go this route you could go this route you know or you could finish it like this and and so it kind of gives them that so you've been editing for how many years you've done how many manuscripts have you ever had an idea for a story that you wanted to write oh yeah i've written i love mysteries so for my own that's my genre and my mystery is still there and I haven't published it yet because I never have the time because I'm always doing something, but it's there. So I finished. You one. have a, man a finished I manuscript. Do. I do. So hopefully someday. Oh, wow. but my, my genre is mainly mystery. I love, I love mysteries. So that's what my writing will be in. But, oh, if the book's um, ready, you've got to publish it, darling. I know, but it, you know the steps. You know how it's not just done when it's done. You know how many steps you have to go through to get it to the to the ebook phase. So, you know, I'm just it's sitting there. So I'll I'll get to it once I'm. I'm gonna a keep bugging you about this now every month. I'm gonna say, where's your book? Where's your book? Because you do the formatting as well for manuscripts. So your own manuscript is polished and it's formatted. You need a cover. You need a blurb. And you're ready. So where's the excuse? <laughs> well, I, I, I was going to put it to beta readers and then I, I need, so I will not just edit my own. I'll, I'll hire somebody you else to look at mine because look at it. I've got you. Yeah, my eyes are going to look at it and they're going to say, oh, I already did this just like everybody else. And so I'm going to miss things. Yeah. Cause it's different as a, as a writer, as an editor and, just because you're, you're, you're used to editing manuscripts because you've written it yourself and you know the story. When you read it, you're just going to flow over all those inconsistencies and mistakes. So, yeah, I, you would need a, another editor to just have second eyes, just to have a look and make sure that you haven't missed anything too uh, important. But that's exciting to know that you, you've uh, got something ready. What inspired you for this mystery book that you've written? Oh, <laughs> honestly, for years, I have loved the TV show Murder, She Wrote. I don't know if you know oh, of it. Yeah. I'm, I'm a big Murder, She Wrote fan. And I will sit there and I will rewatch those episodes like 80 times just because, you know, I can. 
So, um, and my genre that I tend to read is is mystery. So, you know, I've I've known I wanted to write a mystery forever. Just have you got a female detective character, old lady, whatever? Oh, yes, I do. I do. It's not it's not Jessica Fletcher, unfortunately, but I do have an, uh, a definite female protagonist. <laughs> definitely. That's cool. Oh wow! I look look forward to hearing more about that, and uh, I hope you. Um, get excited now that we've talked about it and want to start more work on it because that would be so good to get that out. I'll help yeah, you with anything on my side of what I do. I'm always here for you for that. So you know that. So Your services are, are wonderful. And that's another thing the author should be aware of. You know, we do the editing and you, you get that great cover and you get the blurb and you put it on Amazon and then it's like, now what? Because now what? you really need a marketing plan because without, that's what, I think when you were talking about how um, self-published writers are looked at a bit differently, I think it's because we don't have the power of the big five, big six publishing companies behind us. And, and really they've got this whole marketing team and they've got lawyers and they have all sorts of people to keep their image right on par and you know all we have as self-published writers is is us you know or maybe our little team that we've um, developed so having a marketing plan having a person who knows this, how to reach readers is very important and that's where your services are really um above par so people Thank really you. shouldn't Thank have that so much I, I enjoy what i do i i like to to help um it's it's basically um promotion um i can't guarantee sales because no one knows what happens what i make sure is that people know about the author they know about that book it's seen everywhere that's yeah. how sales become by being seen and i don't just mean uh, the cover and the link i mean you an excerpt to show that you can actually write the style of your writing to show readers what they're going to get a beautiful a narration or a beautiful book trailer that allows your story to come alive and and entice the reader to go out and buy it so there is so much that a, a author can do when it comes to promotion and anyone stuck can hands up and come and see me author assist but uh, as for yourself when you're ready i'm here for you so i know that um, definitely he's doing that thank you for those for those authors that are uh, have been listening to the show how can they get in touch with you i have a website i think it's down this morning unfortunately but it'll be back up this afternoon uh it's um www.melaniedarrow.com so melanie darrow is m-e-l-a-n-i-e-d-a-r-r-o-w and you can see um what i've done on that website also i have a facebook page and uh it's melanie darrow professional writing services so i'm found on facebook um so i'm easy to to find i have a twitter um i think a pinterest actually <laughs> and you know i have i have various avenues where i try to try to make sure everyone can see my name so that's good that's good well let's uh hope uh this um this episode is it's helped authors understand the editing process because many don't they just give their manuscript and they don't really know what goes on and and for readers that have been watching to understand how much goes into writing a book it's just not simple 
as they think. And uh, thank you so much for, for being a guest on the show. It's been an absolute pleasure chatting with you, uh, Melanie. Thank you for letting me come on the show. I really appreciate it.